You are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. Welcome back, family, to the Storm Tracker Podcast. I'm Marcus Benjamin, chilling with my guy Frank Tucker, representing the crib, South Florida. We collectively represent Canes County. Dot com, part of the Rivals.com network. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all platforms and also subscribe to this YouTube channel live from Canes County. Frank, it's it's transfer portal. It's it's recruiting, National Signing Day. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on here, um, especially when it comes to the transfer portal. Miami is looking to replace Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, good luck to TVD. Going to be in Wisconsin uh, next season. But Miami's still looking for that quarterback to be the quarterback of the future. Cam Ward seems to be the priority for the Hurricanes as they met with Cam Ward uh, last night and then today as well. He is scheduled to go to Florida State. Uh, What are your thoughts on Miami pursuing a Cam Ward? And do you think that is going to be the guy for Miami? Yeah, they, they put all their eggs into that basket in, in a lot of different ways, right? They got Mark Fletcher on the at the dinner. They got Jacoby George at the dinner. Even putting a little bit of Rick Ross action in there. Rose. You know, the, the biggest <laughs> boss. Uh, so it was, and you know, I, I think that's, I he's ideally the guy that they want in this class from the jump before he even entered the portal. It was rumored Miami was throwing big, big money at him. I do think it's interesting that he is taking that visit to Florida State. They are also looking for a quarterback in this class. Dante Moore looks like he might end up at Oregon. It, it's, it's Everything's really up in the air there. And, and, and listen, the quarterback dominoes are going to fall, and things are going to happen quickly for a lot of different teams. So say a Cam Ward doesn't end up at Miami, I think that a Will Howard ends up at Miami. It's, it's almost a lock if that happens that way. So we're going to see. But um, – I. I actually would prefer Will Howard. I know that everybody loves Cam Ward. He is a, you know, the prototypical passer, 6'2", 225 pounds, put up two, 200, yeah, 225 pounds, put up huge numbers at Washington State, uh, you know, also at the FCS level. So he's the, I think he's like a JT Barrett type player. That's really what, what I would kind of make like the comparison. Good comparison. You know, yeah, like, you know, he's a pass first guy with some mobility, uh, you know, strong frame at 225 pounds. But I would prefer Howard, man. The dual threat ability by Howard, to me, is is something that can open up this offense in a way that not a lot of quarterbacks can, except for maybe the guy who entered the portal from Coley Cross. And I think that Miami's looking for more of a guy who's played in a big conference, has experience, gone against the best of the best, because Miami's in a prime position to make a move on the ACC and – potentially more next year. The whole entire roster uh, is pretty much intact. They're going to fill spots that are needed, like that center position in in safety. You you bring so much back in regards to the offensive line, the defensive line, the linebacker core. This is a strong roster, man. But I do think that they've kind of narrowed things down to those two quarterbacks as everything's been rumored that those are the two guys that have been visiting this week. And from everything that we've seen, the, the visit did go well with Cam Ward. Am I a little worried that he walked away not saying I'm committed to the University of Miami? Absolutely. It means that he's still fishing for potentially more money, maybe. He's still seeing what other options are out there. So it's not locked in that Cam Ward's Miami Hurricane. Do I think that Miami should be the favorite? 
absolutely. The, the, the visit looked, looked and everything that I've heard is that it went really well. So, listen, it, it, Miami's in a good spot. No matter what happens at that quarterback position, they're going to be really, really good next year. Only thing I'm worried about is depth behind whoever they end up getting out of the portal. I know that Emory Williams is going to be a guy that's a potential starter type player. And then we know Judd it has some potential. He had a really good senior year at Warner Robins, threw for almost 3,000 yards, and his accuracy drastically improved. The turnover numbers drastically improved. His ability to put the ball in the end zone drastically improved. So you're going to have three. But we saw how that ended up turning out this year, where at the end of the year, Miami was was basically begging for Jakari Brown to, to stay for one more game. So I, I fully expect Jakari to end up leaving through the portal. We'll see what happens. Obviously, the portal is only a 30-day window, and, and he still has stayed at the University of Miami. Obviously, he's going to wait until the bowl game, I think. Uh, you know, And after that, he'll be exiting uh, the University of Miami. So we'll see what happens. But likely Cam Ward, don't sleep on Will Howard end up ending up the quarterback at the University of Miami. Yeah, I like Cam Ward a lot. I mean, when, when I look at these highlights, he, he has dual threat ability, just like just like Howard. And I do think Miami definitely needs a dual threat quarterback. Nobody wants to see a statue like we saw last year in Tyler Van Dyke, especially in this type of offense. Uh, the air raid, it gives you options to run with the football as a quarterback. So I, I like Cam, Cam Ward. I mean, he threw for 3,000 yards, uh, I believe, last season. And Miami has never had a 3,000 yard passer like ever. Uh, I mean, albeit, yeah, we're, we're in a different era right now of college football where it's very pass happy uh, compared to like the 80s and 90s. Uh, but, but still, I mean, to have that type of ability, I think will be a game changer uh, for Miami. I think the offensive line is, is relatively going to stay intact, even though you ha- you're going to lose a, a Matt Lee and a Javion Cohen to the NFL. I think Inez Cooper, Francis Malanoa, um, you know, I'm expecting Jalen Rivers uh, to to stay here. And then um, then you have a Matt McCoy and uh, Samson Okanola uh, likely to step in with also Tommy Kinsler, who, who can step in for uh, just in case you have any depth issues as well. So I expect this offense to thrive with either quarterback. They just need a guy who can really step up and kind of take this offense to the next level. And um, I, I think I think they will with a Ward or a Howard. I, I have heard, you know, possibly maybe other quarterbacks uh, that, that they would like uh, as well. But obviously this is priority. From what I hear, Ward is taking his time with this and that he probably won't make a decision um, – either this week or, or, or even next week, because he said that he, he might actually, you know, visit another school um, after Florida State. So there could be a, a third school uh, in the running here. So I, I don't think it's that concerning because if I'm that kid, I, I'm, I, I want to see what all my options are right you know i want to see what's behind door number one door number two and and door number three before i just decide on door number one so i don't think it's that much of a cause for concern but i wouldn't guarantee ward committing to miami uh just yet but um besides cam ward and i guess the quarterback position 
what other positions do you see Miami filling via the transfer portal? Going to be two defensive linemen, and that's going to be it. Uh, I, I foresee them adding at least one safety. Um, they, now, they do have the positional versatility on the back end of this defense right now with depth at cornerback to be able to move some guys around and, and, and be able to play on the back end of that defense. But overall, listen, Miami, Miami is – Miami doesn't need a ton of bodies, right? You're going to probably add upwards of 30 kids in this 2024 class. You're going to have to remove some guys from this roster to, to kind of get things right. There's not a ton of sp spots to add on the portal right now. I think, you know, obviously quarterback. I think that they add a center, two defensive linemen, potentially a linebacker. You might add a receiver just depending on what happens with the Jeremiah Smith situation. And then likely at least one safety. So, and listen, there are some rumors out there that there's a potential cornerback that's interested in coming to Miami. Not going to talk about that too much right now, but just watch for that situation to potentially do develop. Um, but yeah, Miami is sniffing around at a lot of the top options in the portal right now. Um, I do think that they add a center because, like you said, they they they're pretty much built out along the offensive line with really good depth, even a, a second level of this offensive line that has starting potential. Right, Samson Okanlola likely takes a step forward once he gets healthy after this season with another spring. You got Tommy Kinzer, who was one of the best offensive linemen in the state of Florida in the last class. Right, with Ryan Rodriguez could take a step up even. That's a guy who was a Columbus grad, who was a really good player down here in South Florida. Probably more of a depth guy, but we've seen guys like Corey Gaynor, you know, turn into a, a you know a starter caliber player at that center position. And and, and listen. Don't sleep on the future of the center position because the kid that they got to flip from Harvard, everything I hear about him is that he is a star. And, and I know that people look at him as a two-star take. The center position is not a position where you grab five-star guys and then they end up being the best of the position. It's a cerebral position that, that you know, listen, he fits the mold physically. And I think that he's going to be a really good take for Miami going forward. So Miami overall on the offensive line going to be strong. Receiver. Yeah bring a lot back. Plus you got three guys coming in that have first year potential to, to make an impact. The only position that I really worry about, and I, and I question what's going to happen is that tight end position. What is Miami going to do there? Right? Like, you know, you're probably going to get cam, you know, back for one more year, his, his 19th season in college football, uh, Elijah Royo, Is he ever going to be healthy? You lose Jaleel Skinner, uh, Riley Williams, I think takes a step forward, but, We've sure. seen this offense where they do utilize multiple tight end sets a lot of the time because Mario Cristobal wants that power spread still to be utilized despite the air raid attack of Shannon Dawson. So uh, I, I hope. What about Jackson Roger Carver? Jackson Carver, yeah, he's a good, you know. You he, forgot about him, huh? He's, I did it. Uh, I did it. I think that, I think that he was, uh, you know, a second tight end take. Um, I'm hoping that Elijah Lofton ends up sticking in this class. And, and I know that, you know, originally he wasn't one of the guys that posted that graphic or they were, they were 10 days away. Um, yeah. But he did go on his Instagram and post that he was nine days away from signing with a Miami picture on his Instagram today. So I, I do feel confident in it still. Um, I, I think that he is an electric player that they can utilize as an H-back, even an occasional power back. If needed. I know you got Mark Fletcher and you don't want to take him out of that role. But we saw Elijah Lofton against the top teams in high school football dominate three, four touchdown games against the best, the best in the country. Uh, so I think he has really good – I think he's a Jaheim Bell type of player. 
the, the, the tight end at Florida State that had a really good year where they were able to move him around and do different things with him. That's the type of player that I see Elijah Lofton. He's not your prototypical tight end at six foot two, 230, 235 pounds, but he's an athlete who makes things happen with the ball in his hands. And I, and I hope he does stick and become one of those 30, 31 guys in this 2024 class because I think that Arroyo, we may, we may never see his full potential. All right, right? Like Riley Williams, I think he's a good player. But you need to have a second tight end. Even Georgia has multiple tight ends with the Brock Bowers. And, and look, at they had an injury to their top guy, and it completely derailed their offense. So need need to have a guy like an Elijah Lofton in this class. And if they don't add an Elijah Lofton, I hope that they're going into the portal and dipping into some of the options that are there because there are some good ones. I know that the Oregon State tight end has been linked to Michigan State very heavily, but he's a very good player, had like nine touchdowns last year. Uh, there are some good options in the portal uh, in, in this in this 30-day window. I think they're actually kind of good at tight end, as long as Arroyo comes back healthy, you know? Like, that's kind of the key. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Big if, right? Yeah, yeah. because we can I have. I feel like, like we're talking about Zion. I feel like we're talking about oh, Zion Nelson with Arroyo. I, I, man. I hope it's not that situation. I hope it's not because we actually did see Elijah Arroyo on the field at least. And then, he, and then what happened? And then what happened? He's he disappeared. He disappeared. I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess another year rehab, you know, and maybe he gets more confidence as well because when you come back from injury, you. you you, you, you tend to be a little bit hesitant and you're not, you know, giving it your full go because you don't want to re-injure yourself. And that's exactly actually what happened to Arroyo this season. But hopefully it could be uh, the law firm of Elijah Elijah next season with with Arroyo and, and Lofton um, because uh, those are going to be your guys. I think Riley Williams does take a step up. Obviously, he played a lot this season and he played over a Jaleel Skinner who was supposed to take that next step and you know and, and then jackson carver man could be that blocking tight end for you uh you know just in case uh hopefully he hits the weight room a little bit more and you know uh he definitely can be that blocking tight end whenever cam mccormick decides to leave or if he's going to stay for another five years who knows um but yeah I, i'm excited about the tight end position position as long as it's used right wasn't even used last season at all. I mean, they probably have, what, five catches total uh, on the year, something like that, which is kind of ridiculous for an offensive coordinator that tried to sell to us in the offseason that the tight end position was going to be used, and that didn't happen. I'm still not sure it, if it's because of the lack of quality at the position. Like, were they just not getting open is basically what I'm saying. Or, or was our quarterback allergic to throwing anything inside the ashes? That's <laughs> that or that <laughs> could be could be either one. Um, I did want to touch on uh, CJ Clark, though, uh, the the defensive tackle that did visit from NC State. Um, the one defensive tackle that seems to be on the radar at this point. Who knows what can happen? Still a lot of time left in this transfer portal. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, coming via the transfer portal. Well, listen, you got to replace Branson Dean, right? And and I think that this is the guy that's going to end up doing that. And I, I think that, you know, he's played in the ACC. He knows the type of competition that's there. You know, good player. Um, going to be a rotational piece. I, I think that Ahmad Moten's going to take a step up this year. Uh, you know, Joshua Horton, it was somebody that they had really, really, you know, high interest in before he came to Miami. 
ended up being a four-star prospect. Uh, sorry about that. Some technical difficulties. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. I hear you. You can hear me? I can hear you, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think that Ruben Bain's even going to play some inside like we saw him do this year. Um, and I do think that Miami adds one more defensive lineman. Watch for some names that pop up from SEC. Um, and, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Miami move rather quickly on on some on a second option in the defensive line as well. So I, I, I like the op I like the defensive tackle, defensive end combo, especially you losing some depth in Jafari Harvey. Um, you, you need a guy that's able to play that jack spot a little bit. I know that they're adding a ton of edge type players in this 2024 class, but those are young players. Some of them need to be physically prepared to play at this power five elite level. And, and I think that, you know, adding one veteran guy at that defensive end spot is going to be vital in this, in this uh, transfer portal window. Speaking of uh, SEC guys who could be, you know, uh, entering the transfer portal, I, I wanted to mention was Shamar Stewart. I mean, that that's the guy that I think should be on the radar because, you know, everything's kind of falling apart at, at Texas A&M. Things are falling apart at, at Florida as well. But I think Shamar Stewart could be a guy to kind of keep keep an eye on just because uh, things are, are kind of falling apart over there in Aggieland, um, you know, based on the coaching change. Obviously, uh, a lot a lot of changes happening there. So that that's also a name name to watch uh, kind of down the line here. Um Let's, let's switch to recruiting because obviously National Signing Day is coming up next week. Uh, we're, we're already seven days away uh, from early National Signing Day. And Miami's still in the mix uh, for a, a lot of different players. Uh, Xavier Mincy is, is a player that I think is still definitely on the radar for Miami. Xavier Lucas, uh, the defensive back out of uh, committed to Wisconsin, uh, is is definitely on the radar for Miami. Of course, uh, Jordan Lyle is still kind of you know hanging around and and still maybe thinking about flipping flipping to Miami. And then Jeremiah Smith, obviously the biggest fish of them all, is is uh, a possibility. Um, out of out of any of those guys or or someone else, um, who do you think Miami fans should definitely be monitoring within the next week? And listen, I, I know that everybody's going to say C.J. Bailey throughout that tweet that he is locked in with NC State, but I don't think that's over. I don't think that that okay. situation is over, especially with Grayson McCall ending up going to NC State. Does that throw off C.J. because of maybe the potential for you know, a first-year playing opportunity is not there, especially with their commitment to Grayson McCall, which it's a commitment, right? And uh, I think that Miami's still in play. We'll see what happens this weekend if they get him on campus. Uh, that's going to be the biggest test. Uh, and I think if you get a C.J. Bailey, that's going to be the biggest factor in, in what happens with Jeremiah Smith. But I feel really good about where Miami's at with Armando Blunt. I feel really good about where Miami's at with Xavier Lucas. Xavier Mincy is one of those weirder situations. I, I, I do think Miami is in a really good spot, but it's Florida State, it's Florida, it's Miami. It's a three-way in-state battle. Um, I, I do believe that Miami has an edge because of their ability to let him play cornerback. Uh, I, I don't necessarily know if the rest of the two other schools see him in that same light. Uh, I know that I know that this Miami defensive staff has prioritized him 
over the course of his entire recruitment. We just saw him make a massive jump into the top 150 for, for us here at Rivals in the top 250. He's an elite player. He's an elite player with positional versatility, which is what Miami loves. Miami wants their trans, their safeties to be able to play either position, right? They want their safeties to be able to play in man coverage. And, and, and I don't feel like Miami safeties were able to do that at a high level this year. And they had to mask some things, and it kind of put this defense in a position at times where they were able to be exposed. Cam Kinchin's obviously one of the all-time greats at the University of Miami. Didn't necessarily have the skill set in totality to, to fit what Lance Gidry was wanted to do at all times. So I think that if they're able to to get, you know, some long athletic safeties that are able to play in man coverage, which is what Zay Mincy is. Uh, and, and listen, Xavier Lucas is another kid that played free safety on the high school level at five interceptions his sophomore year at Deerfield Beach High School playing the position. Miami is going to be in a really good position in for the next three to four years uh, at, at both cornerback and safety. So I feel good about those two guys. Jordan, Jordan Lyle, right? We felt like a month ago it was pretty much a done deal. And everything right. that I'm hearing is that it's still in, like Miami's in a really good spot. Uh, it, it feels a lot like the Mark Fletcher situation. Really late in the process, coming down to the last you know week, he has visited a, a number of times. He knows what Miami's bringing to the table. You lose Don Chaney, which is that opens up a ton of carries. Yes, you're bringing in Kevin Riley. And Chris Wheatley-Humphrey is still in the class, but there is opportunity there for, for Jordan Lyle at, in, on this on this Hurricane roster, even as a freshman. He, and he has the type of talent that Miami needs to continue to push to be a Georgia and Alabama. If you look at those teams, they stack talent at the running back position. And Lyle is the type of player, especially in South Florida, that you do just that with. Um I, I don't think that Miami I don't think that Ohio State's gonna be able to compare it to Miami in the NIL game. Contrary to what's going to happen with Jeremiah Smith, Ohio State is going to try to pay uh, Jeremiah Smith, contrary to what everybody is saying. Um, they're even t- cutting back the budget on a quarterback. That's part of the reason why I don't feel like Cam Ward is, is really an option for Ohio State because they're not going to pay a transfer for a quarterback. They're going to try to pay Jeremiah Smith in the range that Florida State and Miami are, are, are you know reaching. So, again, another situation to watch there. But um, I, I like where Miami's at with Jordan Lyle. I'm still going to predict a flip for Lyle late in this process. I'm not predicting a, a flip for, for C.J. Bailey right now. Got to see if he confirms for a visit um, this weekend. Um, and then, listen, I, I like where they're at with a flip for Xavier Lucas. I like the, I like where they're at with, say, Mincy in this class. Um, and I like the potential for a flip of Armando Blunt. So top five, potentially a top three class for Miami in 2024. Yeah, it would be absolutely amazing. I mean, Mark Cristobal is, is doing a tremendous job. Obviously, last last year, getting a top 10 class this year pretty much seemed to be on track for a top five class based on, you know, the, the potential players that are still out there and that the fact that they're able to do that after a seven and five season, maybe eight, who, who knows what happens in this bowl game coming up. Um, I wanted to touch on something that, that you said earlier about Jakari Brown. You think for sure he's, he's pretty much gone out of here um, after the bowl game, huh? Yeah, I think he's gone. I think he's gone. Everything he's posted on social media indicates that this isn't a staff that – I think they like Jakari Brown as a player. I, I think that he's he's really a program kid. He is a leader. Uh, you know, there's no character issues with him. I just think that there's accuracy issues with Jakari Brown. 
that's why Miami's going so hard in the portal. If they had any any hope that he was potentially the guy, they'd be okay rolling with a Jakari Brown and Emory Williams in a competition next year. But they're not. They're not going to give him a chance to be the, the guy. And I don't think that there's a financial obligation to Jakari Brown that puts him in a position to where he has any power going into the quarterback battle next year uh, for Miami. So I, I do think he ends up leaving through the portal after the bowl game. Interesting. So I guess that's going to be the swan song of Jakari Brown uh, against Rutgers. Um, I definitely hope he plays well. Of course, we'll have more on that game once it once we get closer to that game week, uh, that game scheduled for December 28th, Thursday at 2.15. Uh, also wanted to talk a little bit about the defensive back position, man. Yeah, we talked a little bit before this pod about uh, potential for some moves as far as uh, defensive backs go, which Dice Richard may be moving to a safety position. Safety, to me, is a concern naturally just because you're, you're losing to James Williams and you're losing to Cam Kitchens to the NFL, and you have kind of unproven guys in Markeith Williams and and uh Jaden Harris uh, kind of behind those guys. And then you have uh, in this class, you've got uh, Zaquan Patterson. Obviously, he could be the potential next James Williams. He's definitely that type of player that plays in the box. And you're kind of hoping that an Isaiah Thomas really is going to be that next safety as far as your free safety or ball hawking type of safety. But he's been going through injuries. Uh, here in high school, so still kind of a question mark, I guess you say, uh, about him as well. So how do you feel about the safety position, not only in this bowl game uh, coming up, um, like who's going to play? Are we going to see Marquise Williams and Jaden Harris, you know, in, in this game? and Or, or are we going to see Josiah Richard kind of uh, take over the reins at some point? I think you could see Richard back there. I think you could see Damari Brown back there. And then – Going into next year, O.J. Frederick from St. Thomas Aquinas has the frame to be able to play that position as well. If you have too many bodies at cornerback, he has the athleticism, the man coverage ability that Miami's looking for to be able to move to that spot. He did play a lot of safety in seven-on-seven. Seven. He played it at Deerfield Beach. He wasn't always necessarily a corner. Um, and, and I think he's somebody that's still growing into his frame. This is a kid that has grown four or five inches since his freshman year of high school. He had a massive growth spurt. So he was a corner that has the has the look of a safety. So, I, you know, I think Miami's going to be okay at the safety spot. I do think that they add at least one guy out of the portal. And Zaquan Patterson, in my opinion, is the next freshman All-American at the University of Miami. And there's an expectation there, right? He's a, he's a five-star for us at Rivals for a reason. He's a multiple-time state championship winning player. Uh all-American on the high school level, showed his ability to be a a true safety with his ball ability, you know, ball attacking ability at times throughout this season, had several interceptions, multiple defensive touchdowns. Miami's going to be fine at the safety position. And I think because of the fact that their leader of their defense coaches that position specifically, it's going to, they're going to be developed starting from the spring all the way to fall camp. Not worried about that spot at all because this was a year where Cam Kinchins, yes, he had five interceptions. He didn't play to the same standard that he played as a, you know, as a sophomore. And, and I think that 
There was a drop I, off. I think in he was position. injured, though. I think he was battling with that, that ankle injury, and then he had that head or neck injury. He did. He did. But I do like. I just want to say, like, this scheme is safety friendly. This scheme is going to make it so that guys are able to play that position freely. It's going to put them in a position to be successful. Overall, I, I, I'm really not worried about it because this defense brings pressure. The linebackers do a really good job of, of, of getting TFLs. I mean, look at what Kiko Malanoa did this year at, at the linebacker position, right? It, that's that's the proof to me that they're able to put so much pressure on, on offensive fronts that it makes the job so much easier for the guys on the back end. So even when it's a younger guy like a Zayquan Patterson, I see them having an early impact at Miami just because of what what this mad scientist <laughs> is able to do at the University of Miami. Yeah, that mad scientist being magical Mario Cristobal. Uh, keep building class after class here. Um, so let's talk a little just high school football as we do here at the crib. Miami didn't complete the sweep, Frank. Um, unfortunately, it was it was a, a thrilling game that, that I watched um, with, between Norland and Berkeley Prep. Um, JoJo Troop, by the way, the running back, I, you know, fell in love with watching the game. I was just like, yo, this kid is the deal. Uh, the other kid, too, uh, for Berkeley Prep, I um, forget his name right now, but uh, he was number three. He, he got was Dallas also Golden. That, yeah, Dallas, Dallas Golden. Golden. 20, Dallas Golden. Yeah, 2025 athlete. 2025 athlete. Probably going to play more defensive back at the next level. Has some receiver ability as well. Uh, but he plays running back in that, in that two-back system that Berkeley Prep has. And they ran for 300 yards on that elite Norland front. Super shocked yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable game. Disappointing season for Norland, but you know they got a lot of they got a, they got some guys coming back next year, including uh, Yapur. So I'm pretty sure they're going to be back with a vengeance uh, next year. But the teams that did win, Chaminade, let's, dude, we, we, I mean, we knew it was going to be like that, but like, damn, like that, <laughs> like 56. forty-two to nothing, forty-two to nothing in halftime. This is a half running time. clock. This is a running clock before it hit halftime. Unbelievable, unbelievable job by Chaminade. I mean, it looked like, you know, they were playing a youth football team out there and it was the state championship game. So um, so they obviously took care of business. Columbus uh, pulled out a, 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 another championship for uh, the boys over there out at, at a Westchester. Um, Alberto Mendoza, man, we knew he could run the football, but like, damn, like he had like 20 carries in this game. Great game plan by that staff to kind of stay away from that Mandarin uh, defensive backfield, which is great. Uh, Miami target Stubbs is back there. Um, so like what I saw from them. And then of course, St. Thomas and, and Homestead was perhaps one of the best games. Josh Townsend earned, earned a, earned a scholarship uh, from Miami as a result of it. Um, so, you know, what were your thoughts, I guess, on, you know, the, the Miami targets and commits from the state championship? And um, just, just to wrap us up here. Yeah, Shamanah Madonna, JoJo Trader, two touchdowns, 61 yards, all in the first half. Uh, he even threw a touchdown to C.J. Bailey in the red zone, which was fun to see. Yeah. Then you had Zaquan <laughs> Patterson get an interception, a really nice PBU in the red zone, uh, you know, some really good tackles. C.J. Ewald only allowed a couple short catches in this game, had some PBUs as well. Uh, and then, listen, 
C.J. Bailey. C.J. Bailey over 300 yards passing, uh, almost an uncountable amount of touchdowns in this game. It felt like uh, it, it was fun to watch if you were a Miami fan because it, it shows you what the potential is for Miami you know, in the next coming years. Even Daenerys Gray, uh, a Miami target in 2026, scored in this game. Uh, Arwen Jackson, a 2027 yeah. running back that Miami's going to be on in the next year or two. He, he had a 61-yard run in this game. Um, and then Jaquari Lewis, a player that I absolutely love, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of bias as a DEFCON player. He, he's a four-star running back slot receiver that scored in this one. So, you know, so yeah. much talent on the Chaminade team. And to put it in perspective, how big of a win this was, the team that they beat, Clearwater Central Catholic, beat Berkeley Prep, who beat Norland. So just the fact that they were able to just lambast these people was – yeah, was well, it was it was a resume clincher for me on on should they be the national champions? And I know people are going to say Bishop Gorman beat them last year, but I felt like this was a different Chaminade team this year. They just upped things in a way that I have really not seen from a South Florida team in a long time. Even that yeah. Central team that beat IMG, this was just it was different. It was a different level of dominance for Chaminade Madonna. They had four sure. wins against top twenty-five teams nationally this year and and that's and that's tough to do because if you look at their schedule right they have to play some district games against teams that are just absolutely inferior they put 70 points on people i think yeah. their last i think that their last you know what was it like five game five or six games they won like by a total of 420 to, to seven it, yeah. it was a ridiculous total so and then just to go and then to go to the norland game not too many miami targets there um, but Dallas Golden's a guy that I would love to meet to see Miami go after. He, yeah. he was just and then, thoroughly dominant. Yeah. Definitely. And then, you know, and then going to St. Thomas Aquinas, Jordan Lyle scores two two touchdowns. And the future of St. Thomas Aquinas shined bright, in my opinion. I, overall, Ryan Mack showed he is a guy. Yes. I, yes. I, I know Cortez Mills had a good game, but really it didn't come with Ryan end. Mack. It yeah, was and, and it, yeah, and like you said – like you're saying, it really didn't come against Ryan Mack. It was really a great matchup to watch the entire game. Yeah, love what I see from Ryan Mack. And this staff thinks that he is a player at the University of Miami as well. So I know a lot of people saw him as an add-on addition uh, from that Purple Machine group. He's a dude, and he's yeah. going to be a guy that I think ends up being a really good player at the University of Miami, a legacy kid, wants to be a hurricane, and, and it's and – Listen, I think it's gonna it's gonna work out in Miami's favor, um, and then to go to that four M game, uh, you know, I mean, obviously Cortez Mills, we got to touch on that, and Josh Townsend, Josh Townsend gets that PWO offer because of the great performance, and Cortez Mills is a monster. So I hope to see him in green and orange uh, in the twenty twenty five cycle, um, and then in four M, uh, you know, Dalen Russell, star. He, he he's been a really good player in the playoffs. Um, and, and, I, and I love that he's going to be a guy that can play that four-eye position at the University of Miami. Probably going to have to get into the weight room a little bit at, you know, at the next level and might not contribute right away, but he's a, he's a hard worker, a guy who dominates in the run game, and you need some of those trench bullies. Not everybody can get to the quarterback on every play. You need guys that are going to clean up messes, and that's what he does. Uh, Hector Chavez, dominant player too, number 10. Middle yeah. linebacker in that 2025 class for, for Columbus. One of the top 25 linebackers in the country in 2025. Love what he's been doing. He had over 100 tackles on the year, and it was cemented in that game. Bryce Fitzgerald, like five interceptions in the playoffs. Just yeah. 
scored and in that game. Touchdown in the game. Yeah, scored in that game. He he he's a guy that I think ends up at the University of Miami in 2025. I, I do think Miami's 2025 defensive back class is going to be a special one, and, and I think he's going to end up being part of that. Had a had a special special 2020 2023 playoffs. Just like five interceptions, multiple yeah. touchdowns, elite player. Um, wish Alberto Mendoza was a guy that Miami looked at a little bit more. He's going to yeah. go to Indiana, and I think he's going to be a really good player. But Rest to him. South, yeah, so South Florida did really well once again, as expected. We didn't get the sweep, but three out of four ain't too bad. Yeah, ain't too bad at all. And now it's like, um, is Chaminade going to possibly play like a team, like how they did last year where they played Bishop Gorman at the end of the season just to kind of cement who is the national championship or not? Nah, so Geico fell off as a sponsor from what I've been told of that end-of-the-year showcase. So there isn't really anything in the cards right now, I don't think. And I think those guys are ready to go to school. So, yeah, yeah. listen, it's up for interpretation now, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely one of the best teams um, in South Florida history, in recent history. Um, uh, this uh, I, I want to give you a moment to shout out your Dave versus Brower game coming up next week. What, what we got in store, who, who we got. Who, who's going to be playing in this game? Yeah, so we got some really good players. We got, you know, Jamari Trackstar Howard from Miami, Norland. We got uh, Luane McCoy, uh, and we got Chris Wheatley Humphrey as, as three guys, the big schools that are going to be playing in this game, upwards of like 40 Division One caliber players playing in this one, some of the best in the area. Um, you know, you are going to lose some guys sometimes injury at the end of a season, and you are going to lose some guys to early enrollment just due to the fact that guys are able to practice in the bowl game. Um, but I'm losing, I'm lo losing you. I think you went on mute. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I hear you now. Yeah. So, you know, overall, it's going to be a really good game every year. It comes down to the wire pretty much except for that first season. And, uh, you know, last year it came down to literally the last play of the game. Yeah. I, I, I game. think this is, this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. And I, and if you guys are in town on December 22nd, come to Monsignor Pace High School. We have an eighth grade oh, contest. Oh, Pace. Okay. It's at Monsignor Pace. Yeah, and, and we have an eighth grade contest where we actually have some eighth grade offered, Miami offered players uh, in this contest. So come check out the future of South Florida. And then we have our varsity contest at 730, back-to-back uh, -back games. We're going to have like upwards of 15 vendors at this contest. So you'll nice. have a carnival type feel with the food. Uh, we're going to have a, you know, a halftime show, uh, a, a halftime rugby show. Uh, there's going to be a professional rugby, uh, you know, small rugby game going on in that one where you guys, you know, get a little bit of entertainment. Uh, full <laughs> event. We got a full event here at the Dave versus Brower game. Going to be a good one. Do not miss it. Awesome. I mean, I'm excited for that rugby. I was, uh, wasn't expecting to hear that, <laughs> but okay. All kinds of football going on in, in this one. Uh, the Dade County versus Broward County game, the crib, South Florida is where it's at. Monsignor Pace, December 22nd. I'll be there. Frank will be there. The whole city is going to come out just like they have been for the last two, two years. So excited for that game, one of the big events of the year. That's going to wrap it up for the CanesCounty.com podcast, the Storm Tracker podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the website. Use the promo code Miami30. 
And also subscribe to this podcast on all platforms and this YouTube channel live from Canes County. Until the next episode.